So then that will put that person in the position of being a visionary. Welcome back to Abundant Culture Podcast. Where we dissect the mindsets and tactics of the true beast of business. People like Gary V, Grant Cardone, and Warren Buffett. All to create a blueprint to experience life more abundantly. Hey everybody, Joe here. Welcome back to the Abundant Culture Podcast. So glad to have you back today. We understand that as entrepreneurs and business owners that 80% of what you do probably every single day is marketing, sales, meeting with clients, things of that nature. It may be your favorite thing. I know for a fact it's definitely my favorite thing to do. But there's another 20% of our work that definitely needs to get done. And either you're doing it, you have somebody else doing it, or it's just not getting done at all. And this is the admin stuff, the emails, the back office. And one of the main things is the bookkeeping. And every single business, somebody needs to be keeping track of what comes in and what goes back out, especially in preparation of actually doing your taxes. If you don't do this, this can be an extremely costly mistake. But today we're going to be interviewing somebody who actually has the ability to help you in that area and hopefully streamline it to such a point where you don't have to worry about it. So get ready to listen to and learn from our good friend, Nancy Rivera. So hi, Nancy, and thank you again for coming on to the Abundant Culture Podcast. We are very excited to have you on today to talk about um, the bookkeeping business and a whole bunch of tips that you can give along with your uh, spiritual journey in business as well, too. But before we jump into all that, can you explain your your story, how you got into business? Why did you start? Oh, well, first of all, thank you. It's so wonderful to meet you. And uh, I love the title of your uh, podcast because it is truly all about abundance that we can have. Yeah. So I uh, was an accountant in corporate America for 15 years and quite uh, an exciting journey for a Latina. And I also studied uh, on my MBA in accounting. And so what I discovered, though, was that a lot of what you learn in school is not really what's happening in corporate America. I did start out at a very small CPA firm. So our our businesses were a lot of small businesses, which I just loved because there was a big variety. And so then in 2016, I had the awesome opportunity to reinvent myself. I found myself out of corporate America. I did not want to go back. So when I reviewed my career, which was accounting, uh, marketing, and then ministry was always in the background, especially media ministry, Christian radio and TV. So then um, I have a coach and and her, her, uh, her pitch is always do what you love to do and that will make you money fast. And so then I thought, well, I love crunching numbers. I do. And so then I started the bookkeeping business. Mm -hmm. I strategically chose bookkeeping versus accounting because accountants have a reputation of being rude and drunk. (laughs) They do. They're they're boring people. And so uh, that's not what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to uh, really serve my clientele, which are startups and 
small businesses. Now, small businesses is anywhere from three to five million and under, mm -hmm. which for some people, they would think, no, that's a big business. No, in the whole scheme of things, a $5 million business is still small. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so 88% of our economy in this great country, which I do love, 88% uh, of our economy are small businesses. And this 88% um, provides 90% of the employment. And so the, the statistics probably change from day to day. So they're not exact, but they're definitely in that ballpark. So 88% of our economy, small businesses, and they're providing 90% of employment opportunities. Excellent. So the business offers full service bookkeeping. Um, we also uh, provide financial statements. And then we also have tax preparation because my business is a nexus of myself and my team. And then um, my CPA associates, my attorney associates, my uh, insurance associates, and then uh, even human resources and franchise associates. And um, so that my business is a one-stop shop for my clients. Because if you are a small business owner, you're trying to build your business, you can't do it all. Right, yeah, um, that's true. You will get burnt out. And so what a lot of small businesses have done is that they've created a job for themselves. Mm -hmm. So now they're the boss, but they're working 12 to 16 hours per day. Yeah. So really, it's just a bigger job. So mm -hmm. the key is, you know, really to build your team so that you can really have a flourishing business and still be happy and healthy while you're doing it. Absolutely. So that's why we started Plus Bookkeeping Services. That's the name of it. Plus, plus, I love the word plus because it means to add value and advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I want to do for my clients. I want, I want to, them to have value, to have the advantage of having me on their team. And I definitely want their business to grow. That's excellent. Love it. Yeah, we, we truly believe in what you're doing. And we just love your vision of really helping small business owners uh, not be so burnt out mm -hmm. handling the bookkeeping, especially if they're probably going to end up doing it wrong anyway. Right. So um, I kind of wanted to ask you, is there a difference between bookkeeping and accounting? And if so, what is that like difference and what does that really entail for you know those of us who don't know? Yes, there is a difference. Bookkeeping is basically keeping track of daily or monthly transactions. You know, like so keeping track of the numbers coming in and the numbers going out. Yeah. And accounting goes a step further where they are uh, they want to deal with the financial statements. Mm -hmm. So that takes it a level up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the financial statements. And then, and then, so most accountants don't want to deal with the nitty gritty of keeping track or reconciling bank statements or, or uh, you know, updating your check registers, those tracking uh, components, which are so important, they need it. Yeah. Most accountants have bookkeepers on their team. So that's how the relationship is there. They have bookkeepers, the accountants look at the final output, which is, um, financial statements, the cash flow statement, 
the profit and loss statement, and the balance sheet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those, those, those financials are really critical, um, especially at year end. But, you know, throughout, depending on the program that you're using, you mm-hmm. can generate those reports, you know, with the touch of one key. So awesome. now my, uh, my favorite is the cash flow statement because it is exactly what it's saying. You're following the flow of your cash. Yeah. yeah. The cash coming in, where, where are the different sources that where it's coming in? Um, and then where it's going. Mm-hmm. And most, and then I like for my clients to really look at this report because it's real easy. The other reports can be a little bit like, well, what is this? What does it mean? Yeah. But when you're tracking your cash coming in and going out, that's easy. Okay, it came in from so and so. Yeah. Bank account, and then it went out to all these different vendors, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, so that's the biggest difference. And then my, my passion with the cash flow statement is that when my clients see it, they're usually pretty surprised because all of a sudden they have a picture. They go, oh, my God, all my money is going to my payroll, which most of it does. Yeah. Or, or in some cases, it's going to it's all on rent. And so then when they see that, then they can make decisions because. They will also see the bottom line. They will see total income minus total expenses. Do they have a profit or do they have a loss? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then it's it's a terrific planning tool. Like I had one client when she saw that all of her or the most of her income was going to rent. She rented a new venue where now she's saving about see for almost eight hundred dollars per month. Oh, that's nice. That's significant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my other clients saw that most of his money was going to payroll. So then what he decided to do was, which was really smart, and he made the decision himself. Mm-hmm. These were decisions that they made once they saw the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to uh, work with uh he's an electrician so he has a team maybe of four electricians Mm -hmm. so then they so then he decided to really concentrate on one young man that he has he says well let's give him more work and even a dollar per hour raise and eliminate a a couple other guys that require more of my time Mm -hmm. and then so then he started to fine-tune his team yeah that's nice now he has a smaller team, but they are more qualified. So they work faster. And so then to keep them happy, also he, uh, he so all of the money that he now saved, he gave them each a dollar raise, which he doesn't do every day. You know? mm-hmm. So but last year he did this, they're happy. And now his team is getting more and more solid. When I look at his payroll, it's pretty much the same guys. And he made that decision once he saw, wow, all my money's going to pay. <laughs> That's excellent. That's good. He basically consolidated, like, kind of how people consolidate credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was smart. Mm-hmm. Very smart. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the importance of spirituality, like, in your life and in your business? Well, my faith governs every area of my life. Um, from the morning of that, from the minute I wake up to the minute I, I fall asleep and probably while I'm sleeping too. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when the angels go to work, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're working 24-7. But I'm also a professor at the Hispanic Bible School where I teach administration, which does include a little bit of accounting. But administration covers leadership, the financials. It covers a whole range of of different functions that you have to have in your life, in your ministry, in your business, Mm -hmm. uh, if you work. So administration. um, I, I remember, I knew I had the ability of administration, but when I discovered that it's a gift, it's in the Bible. Uh, mm, when I discovered yeah. that it was a gift, I really began to appreciate it a lot more. Before I used to think, oh, you know, I have the ability. There's a difference between ability and the gift. Mm, so, yeah. you know, yes, I'm organized and, you know, I, um, good with detail. But when I saw that it was a gift from God, I started to respect it a lot more. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm a professor at the Hispanic Bible School. I teach administration. Uh, I've taught computers there once. I taught homiletics, which was my favorite class. But I'm kind of like the resident administration professor. Mm -hmm. So so that's really important to me. And then when it comes to um, my clients, my spirituality, my faith oozes out of me. I don't have to tell people, you know, hey, I'm a born-again Christian. I'm going to operate my business ethically. It comes out. People yeah. will hear it in the words that you use, uh, in the tone of voice, when you're listening, when you're having a meeting with them, they will notice that you are different, that you're not just out uh, to make money and that you don't care mm-hmm. about what happens to them. Absolutely. So it comes out, you know, 24-7. Also, um, when you when you really care about your clients, when you want them to grow, they will also sense that from you. Mm-hmm. you know? And then the way you ask questions. Absolutely. Asking questions is critical mm-hmm. uh, in every area of your life. You know, asking questions, uh, because you can ask questions with a tone like, well, why did you do that? Just that tone yeah. and yeah. that word is going to put people on the defensive, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas if you are, if you ask a question like, well, um, why did you make that choice versus this choice? Then now you got them thinking because they may have not seen that there was another choice. Now you're opening up their thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of that comes into, you know, your, um, your values and your practices, you know? Yeah. I remember years ago, I did let one client go. And um, of course, it was, at, at that time, it was a little bit painful because I didn't have that many clients, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so as a business owner, you know, making that decision, well, I'm going to let you go. I don't want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And so the reason um, I let him go was because he would come everything at the very last minute. So for example, S corporation tax returns are due March 15th. He would come the morning of March 15th. (laughs) (laughs) When when I had been asking him for this uh, uh, data for months, for six months, I had been asking him for that. Mm -hmm. And so 
so at the end, I ended up telling him I, that that we were that I was going to terminate our relationship because our values and our practices did not align. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it was not good for me, and it was not good for him either. So using those words, knowing your values and your practices, uh, is 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 a reason to terminate a relationship. Another relationship. I didn't terminate this relationship, but I didn't accept the uh, the project. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did not accept the project was because of the way the woman was speaking to me. Mm. Uh, she, in her eyes, I was just a clerk. And and then she really sh- uh, attempted to shave my hourly rate quite a bit. And wow. so her just, you know, so then I saw her values and her practices. So it wasn't even a matter of, of giving it much thought. It was like, no, I'm not going to work with you. Another thing, you know, that's kind of funny in a way, but bottom line, I didn't like her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like her, oh. you know. <laughs> I didn't like her tone. I didn't like her values. I didn't like her practices. So it was not going to be good. If yeah. that happens at the onset, you can be pretty sure that it's only going to get worse. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if you let somebody hit you, I mean, physically punch you, mm-hmm. and you don't do anything about it the first time, there's a pretty good chance that a second punch is coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. I like I like to um, ethics are really really important. Yeah. In fact, I'm working I'm working toward my doctorate of ministry at oh, wow. North Park Theological Seminary. I only take one class per year because at this level, the 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 one course will just consume you. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Because it they really stretch your mental capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm taking Christian ethics right now. And awesome. and it's amazing. When I registered for the class, I thought, oh, Christian ethics, okay, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I would think. And that's good. That's good. Yeah. But but I'm learning the 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 depth of ethics. Mm-hmm. And and my whole thinking is being expanded. So at the, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to practice ethics. If, if, if things are going to go well with you, you have to be ethical. Um, Sure. You know, it's a personal thing, but it's also a benefit for your clients. Yeah. And so with, with Christian ethics, that means that we, we, um, we behave morally correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, it seems like your your ministry and your business really uh, almost are really fluid with each other, as in like there is there's really no distinction between, oh, I'm doing ministry here and I'm doing business here. That you kind of do them both together like all the time, right? Exactly. And and that's such an excellent point that you bring up because I have worked really hard. And I would say in this past year, I've worked really hard to have one life. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to having a work life and then a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so I've worked really hard at that this year, and and um, I'm getting to the point I think where um, everything is one, uh, where everything, like you said, it flows together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it makes for a richer life. You know, Absolutely. Um, there, there will be times when uh, the world, you know, people or situations will try and separate the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've decided, though, oh, you know what I called it? I called it the, the end of schizophrenia. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, recently, because I even um, on social media, on social media, I even voiced it. To my social media intern, I said, no more social media schizophrenia. <laughs> it's, all, it's all one. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, definitely. And it makes for a richer life, believe me. It'll change the way you think, the way you feel. You'll be more solid. Yep. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, I could just imagine like how good that feels. Um, because we've only been in business for like two years. So like we are trying to implement um making everything into one life, but yeah. since we're so new to it, we're it's yeah. still like the super early phases of yeah. making everything into one life. So I really like that you you worded it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It it will happen with you aligning. You have to align things. Yeah. You have to, yeah. you know, align your your the um, the way you speak, the words you use, the mm-hmm. platform Absolutely. you use. Yeah, it's a matter of all alignment. Yeah. And and if you can just imagine, you know, those electrical lines. You know, when you see those lines, mm-hmm. you know, so something can happen, and all of a sudden. Um, you may want to feel like you're upset. So one of the lines is going to go way home, you know, so that the two can flow together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I guess that kind of brings us to our next question, which is uh, what are some common mistakes that you see a lot of business owners or entrepreneurs make um, in regards to running their business, both from just the, you know, traditional business standpoint, but also from maybe a, a, a bookkeeping standpoint, like what are those common mistakes that you see and that you try to help people with? Right. So one of the biggest mistakes, and, and I do help my clients with this, is that they're operating under the wrong entity. They're operating as sole proprietors. And so sole proprietors, we all have different tax brackets in this country. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a sole proprietor, you're in the highest paying tax bracket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, for example, if you have an LLC or if you have an S Corp, um, you know, so you have to know what is the proper entity for yeah. your business and, and choose one from the onset. Because like I said, uh, sole proprietors are the highest paying. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So, you know, the, uh, you hear a lot of people say, well, the rich evade taxes. It isn't that they evade taxes. And I'm going to change that. It isn't that we evade evade taxes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that we know 
and we work with with professionals who know what are the proper entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to know the different tax brackets, your your tax deductions. A lot of people, that's another thing. A lot of people don't take deductions that they can take. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So so first of all, entities not knowing uh, the taxes, uh, the tax situation. The other a big mistake that uh, that small businesses make is they. Um, created a job for themselves as opposed to a business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the example yeah. that I gave was that now they, so we'll use the example of a little storefront. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you have a storefront, you're the boss, um, but you're the one who opens up the shops, who uh, places the orders, mm-hmm. who opens the boxes and places the products on the shelves. You're the one who breaks down the boxes, takes it to the garbage. You're the one who operates the cashier that mops and sweeps. You're doing it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're so you so now you're working 12, 16 hours per day. So another thing you have to do when you build when you have a business is you have to build your team. So with the example of the storefront, he has to hire a cashier. Mm-hmm. He has to hire somebody to stock the shelves and sweep and mop mm-hmm. uh, so that he has to, he needs a bookkeeper. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he needs somebody to keep track of the sales mm-hmm. and, and to reconcile his bank account mm-hmm. by having that. And that's a small team right there. That's only three people on his team. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, he may have to have two of each of those, depending on the size of his store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that will put that person in the position of being a visionary. That that person will now be able to see, hey, I should order more of that because my customers are buying a lot of that product. Yeah. This product is not moving. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna either put it on sale at a very discounted price just to get it out of my shop and then not order it again. Yeah. Now we can see. But if he's busy sweeping the floor, he's not going to be able to see that when he when it kind of dawns on him or her that this is happening, they're going to be so tired that they're going to think, "Wow, that's not, you know, they're just not their, their thoughts are going to be jumbled." Yeah. They're not going to be able to think clearly, which The word visionary means that you have a vision. So having a vision means that it has to be clear. Yeah, absolutely. You can have a vision and say, you know, I want this. So you see the end picture. But because there's so much going on, when you look through that telescope, your your vision scope, (laughs) there's too much right here so that you, when you see the end, it's kind of like, well, how am I going to get there? You know? Yeah. And then a lot of times... And I know I used to be famous for this attitude was that it's just faster if I do it myself. (laughs) 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 And I understand that. But what I discovered was that I was cheating somebody of the opportunity to learn. So then and and hiring people, because that's another uh, that's another area of big challenge is personnel. 
yeah. hiring people, bringing them on board, paying them, making sure that they're doing the right thing, uh, evaluating them, giving them promotions. That's a whole nother ball game, you know? Yeah. But bottom line was that I learned that I was cheating somebody of the opportunity to learn something if I was going to do it all myself. Yeah. So, um, my team consists of, I've been so blessed with um, interns. Uh, the young people of today, when they graduate, to get an entry-level job, they, it'll say two to three years of experience. Well, how yeah. are they going to get that experience if they're in college? Yeah. They, don't have, they don't have any other choice but interns. You yeah. know? And I've been so blessed because this past year I had um three three interns uh one for one one student was from loyola and he's actually he lives in spain oh that's so really cool. when he uh finished his schooling here because they have loyola in spain so mm -hmm. the loyola in spain sends their students here for a year and in, in the business school anyway okay so then um and 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 look at this blessing when he left, he introduced me to his girlfriend, who's uh, a finance major, uh, honor student, and has another year and a half before she graduates. So it's worth a yeah. year and a half of an intern. Nice. Uh, That's excellent. High, highly qualified intern. I mean, she does my database management, my marketing, and then I taught her how to reconcile bank accounts. I taught her how to, um, to, to fill in the data for the cash flow statement. Mm -hmm. So it was worth it. Yeah. You know, to teach her. And, and then I'm blessed because she caught on real quick because she's a finance major. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was one example. So then that intern, the former intern went back to Spain. I had another intern that I worked with for just a couple of days because she was waiting. Do you remember when we had the government shutdown? Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. <laughs> so her internship was shut down. So mm -hmm. while her internship was shut down, she worked with me and okay. uh, an accounting major. Um, so I taught her the same thing, how to reconcile, how to post to the cash flow statement. And then uh, in May, she graduated. During the summer, she was studying for her CPA exam, which, by the way, she passed all four parts, which nice. is amazing. And then she was going to start. She already had a full-time job waiting. So she was going to start her full-time job on October 7th, just last week. Nice. So then during that time, though, she was still doing my social media <laughs> from a distance. And doing quality work. So she's already scheduled my email campaigns all the way through January. They're scheduled on the day that we they're going to launch. Wow. So, That's great. So now, though, now she does have a full-time job. And I know what it's like to have a full-time job straight out of college. You know, it's going to really take a lot of your brain time. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so I had her teach my new intern. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I pay my interns and I don't pay them, you know, I pay them more than minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I think that uh, that really inspires them. It's ethical, right? Yeah. 
and uh, so they were worthwhile to absolutely. Uh, yeah, but again, part of the hiring uh, process. So I'm hoping to. I will probably always have an intern just because it's a blessing for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a blessing for me. Um, but then in, next year, I'm, I'm as the business is growing, I'm already started scoping for like a part-time bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that, to grow my team. So ideally, you know, a part-time bookkeeper, an intern, and then I can focus on being the visionary, growing the business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Presenting workshops. Um, a part of my business is being a financial coach. So awesome. coaching my clients. Exactly what I'm doing with my business, they need to do with their business. You know, marketing and sales. And mm-hmm. uh, it's all about growing. But there's certain things that you have to do. It's it's not a hope and a prayer won't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> that works. That's good. Yeah. That should be the foundation of it. Right. But the, the uh, let's see, the formula for a, a successful business is 80% sales and marketing and 20% operations. Mm-hmm. So the visionary, the owner, really needs to keep that pipeline full of new clients. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Can you give us three financial uh, slash bookkeeping tips that people can start implementing today? Yes. Uh, number one, reconcile. Number okay. Number one, get the right entity. Yeah, I'm right. Two, get a business bank account because commingling personal and business number one is against the law, and it's just not good. Yeah. <laughs> so get the right entity. Get a bank account and keep track of your finances. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if you're going to do it yourself, fine, get the right program, but you need somebody to, to keep track of your finances if your business is going to grow mm-hmm. so, Absolutely. That, so that you can really be uh, an entrepreneur. Yeah. So did I give you three, the correct entity, the yep. bank account and a bookkeeper, a team? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for that. And so um, for the the software um, that people use, do you use QuickBooks or do you use like another um, software that you'd recommend? I do. I, I'm a pro. I'm a QuickBooks pro advisor. QuickBooks online. Okay. Because okay. there is a difference between QuickBooks desktop. They have more than one uh, subscription. They have subscription. Okay or not-for-profits, uh, self-employed. So you have to know what is the right subscription for you. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do use QuickBooks Online. We use Excel quite a bit. Okay, nice. We use Excel quite a bit. Yeah, Excel is, is because with QuickBooks, you're going to be paying a monthly subscription. Right. Excel, Excel is free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the two that I use. Excel and QuickBooks Online. Because okay. if you are using QuickBooks Desktop, you, that means you're going to have to go to that person's office. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. It, it's limited to their computer. Yeah. Where QuickBooks Online, it's on a cloud. Mm-hmm. I can access somebody's books and still be on the beach in Costa Rica. <laughs> There's nice. no loss of time or loss of work. 
Absolutely. That's another thing that I love about this business is that it's technology driven. Yeah. And um, bookkeeping is one of the fastest growing industries. So having said that, uh, one thing that is so critical for every business owner is that you must master your business. Yeah. If you're going to be a bookkeeper, I have to stay on top of the bookkeeping industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to be, uh, you know, selling uh, food, I have to be on. It's very every business is competitive. Yeah. So yeah. you have to you have to master your business. You have to stay focused, and you have to master your business. Those two are another two tips. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate those tips because uh, it's a lot of times it's the simple things that, you know, entrepreneurs kind of look over and end up procrastinating on and then they don't do it and then they do it and then they do it wrong. So it could really be this domino effect. So I really do appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) And that's something very important that you just said is the domino effect because doing it wrong all those dominoes are falling, so you're going to have to catch up. Once they start falling, you're going to have to be quick yeah. to, remedy, to remedy that effect. That's a very good point. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, so for someone that wants to, like, start a bookkeeping business, you already um, touched on the fact that they have to, like, master their craft. Um, but, like, what are some other things? Like, what is kind of, like, the first step um, towards getting them into the bookkeeping career? Depending on their educational background, you know, I would recommend that they have at least, you know, one or two accounting classes Mm -hmm. so that they understand, um, you know, the difference between a debit and a credit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that would be, you know, that's part of the foundation of of, uh, knowing how to track your. um, And then today, I mean, we have so many online schools, uh, junior colleges. You know, I'm not saying that they need to get a bachelor's or a master's in accounting, although I'm very pro-education. I am. Yeah. Uh, But definitely um, some basic accounting they would need. And then they would need to know the technologies. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. So what is the number one takeaway you would like for somebody to get from this podcast? Maybe they're just an entrepreneur or maybe they are actually uh, looking to become a bookkeeper or hire a bookkeeper. What is that number one takeaway that you would like for them to get? Well, okay. Well, you said two things, the entrepreneur and then a bookkeeper. So I'll address both of them. Okay. Made no sense. Okay. If, If if the person is an entrepreneur, they de- they definitely need to build their team. And on that team, they need a financial person. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Because if they're not keeping track of the money coming in and going out, they, they may have to close their doors tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be able to, to see how they can grow. Yeah. yeah. If, someone, if someone wants to be a bookkeeper, definitely take an accounting 101 or a bookkeeping class. You need the the basic knowledge of how to the debits and credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely need that. But 
the, the, the advantage for both of them, the entrepreneurs is that, you know, we live in a country where you can set up a business overnight. You can set up an online business. There's opportunities galore. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. And then if, uh, so one of those opportunities is a bookkeeping business. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Awesome. Yeah. So you're on the Abundant Culture Podcast, and we have to ask every guest this question. So how do you spread abundance? Um, first of all, by the words you speak. By, by making sure that you're speaking words that edify people, that help them. You know, yeah. that help them, especially words that help them expand their thinking. Yeah. Uh, 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 some people say that we only use like 10% of our brain. Have you heard that? Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. I, I think it's only 2%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely say that for some people. Right. So thinking takes time. You actually have to set apart time for thinking. Uh, and especially in that thinking time, if you're meditating on God's word, you're already way ahead of the game. Because he's already he's already laid out everything that will make you a great thinker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, uh, the the first way to spread abundance is the words you speak, you know, and then teaching people, um, helping and teaching is different. For example, I can give you a loaf of bread because you're hungry. Okay. Yeah. But how about if I teach you how to make bread? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you can feed yourself and then teach others. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between helping and teaching. Mm -hmm. so, I, so I would say uh, the words you speak and then to teach other people yeah. how to how to fend for themselves. Yeah. Because that'll start a good domino effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I teach you, you teach others, and, and it'll be a really good domino effect. Mm -hmm. uh, then the other way of abundance is to give, and uh, not only to give money, but you can give of your time, yeah. um, just spending time with somebody. Um, you can also give, uh, when, if, when we go into our closets, there's a lot of things there that we can give away. There's a lot of mm -hmm. seed right in our homes mm -hmm. we give away books mm -hmm. uh, dvds and cds um Absolutely. And, uh, especially time you know um i i have family in new york so spending time with them a text in the morning yeah uh, a facetime you know once a month or however uh, all of that is time so you, the words you speak teaching others, giving people time and giving away money and then all the different articles that we have in our, in our home. And then while we're doing all of that, all of those different ways of giving, you're also setting an example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're also, it's an investment because mm -hmm. if I speak words of kindness to you, those words will come back to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I teach you how to do something, Somebody is going to teach me something that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If I give away money, 
money's going to come back. Yay. <laughs> right. Yes. In, in, fact, in fact, there's four ways of giving in the Bible. You give tithe, you give offerings, you give first fruits, and you give alms. All of those four ways have a different recompense. And hmm. God's financial system is very good. Yeah, and then when you give time to people, there's going to come a day when you're going to want somebody to just listen to you too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when you give away articles, um, when you give away shoes that you don't wear anymore, just because, you know, you're the, the, the shoes that I used to wear, the style, um, it's, it may, it may just not fit me anymore, mm -hmm. but yeah. they, they fit somebody else. Yeah, so yeah. that as I'm growing, my style is going to be changing so that I may go to the store and find a, a style that I like that's on a 50% sale. I think that's a pretty good return on my investment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, abundance abundance is, is a good deal. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. <laughs> I agree. And I like everything you said, too, because... Um, we're just really big on giving, especially as entrepreneurs. We just feel like it's entrepreneurs and Christians. We believe that it's really our, our obligation to make sure that we're always sowing seeds in the people because um, you really can't reap a harvest if you didn't sow anything. Mm -hmm. And teaching other people how to sow is, instead of, you know, I, th I believe in giving to people, but also that point you made about teaching is even better because you're teaching them how to sew. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're just creating a more um, really abundant environment. So I, I truly liked um, that that um, piece of information that you gave us. And I know there's somebody that's going to be listening to this podcast and they're going to either want to get more business advice mm -hmm. from you because you're extremely business savvy or they're going to want to uh, maybe talk to you about bookkeeping and because maybe they need one and they haven't hired one yet. Uh, what is the best way for somebody to actually reach you after listening to this podcast? Okay. Uh, before I, I go to that, though, I want to share another key with you. And oh, yeah, that is definitely, not, definitely. Not only um, giving, but receiving. Hmm. A right. lot of people have a hard time receiving. Yeah. And that that not only includes physical things, but even receiving love. Yeah. So receiving receiving is probably another podcast. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. definitely. Because <laughs> I didn't think about that one. I was like, yeah, that you know, you in order to like really give to somebody, they have to kind of receive it as well. Yeah. So yeah. Exactly. And then you know to be expecting, yeah. you know, give, give with a purpose. Yeah. Definitely. But. But thank you so much. The best way to contact me is um, telephone is, you know, 773-230-3514. Uh, easy way to remember that, you know, is the famous area code 773 and then 230-3514. <laughs> uh, another good way is through my website, which is plus bookkeeping services, plural services dot com. Mm -hmm. or through email, my first name is Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y-E as in Edward, at plusbookkeepingservices.com. So that's three different ways. You can also find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. 
once again, using Plus Bookkeeping Services, you'll find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Yep. And it'll all be in the show notes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yep. Great, great. So this was like, this was great. Um, now people, they they can have a better understanding of like how they should set a foundation for um, just their business in general. Um, And then like all the great tips you gave for the finance and bookkeeping, this was excellent. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for coming on to the Abundant Culture Podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I really appreciate the work you're doing as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you got as much value out of this as we did. Keep in mind, the only way we can improve is through constructive feedback. So remember to rate and review this episode. Also, you are not the only person that needs to know this super valuable information. So be sure to subscribe and share as well. Stay tuned for the next episode. And remember to always spread abundance. Peace.